Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to another episode of Mario's Minute. This is going to be a solo episode because we had a guest Skulletor on the last episode of Mario's Minute, and if you did not listen to that one, I would recommend checking it out in case you skipped that one. Skulletor, in case you do not know, is another modder here on YouTube who he's been known for, I want to say, Vita, 3DS, and especially Switch-related content, and he's making new content on a new channel called The Homebrew Crew. So I'd absolutely recommend not only checking out that uh, episode, but checking him out as well, too. I'm saying that because that episode ended up getting uh, more views than I expected, for sure. So thank you all for that. It seemed like it was definitely well-received. And Skulltor, if you're listening, I guess you get another shout-out on here. But anyways, this here is episode 20 of Mario's Minute. This is the August 2019 episode, and in case anyone does not know... This is a monthly podcast that I just like to do, and uh, I've been sticking to this for a while, for 2019, thankfully. But uh, what I like to do is I like to also have a guest on every other episode. So typically, if I have a guest one month, the next month I'll just do it completely solo, and I figure that seems to be a nice balance. I was kind of going back and forth for a bit, uh, but I feel like that's a pretty good balance as well, too. Because sometimes, doing a few episodes in a row that were solo... I felt kind of lonely, and sometimes doing a few episodes in a row with guests, I was like, man, I like these guests, but I just want to talk by myself for a bit, you know, that's, that's how it be sometimes, you know, grass always greener on the other side. But anyways, uh, this again is a monthly podcast where I just kind of talk about whatever the hell I want to, it could be modding, it could be anything that's going on in my life, and I normally release this near the end of the month on a Wednesday or so, typically the last Wednesday of each month. Now, because this is a podcast, you can find it in two big places. The first one being YouTube, because of course that's where podcasts go. Uh, it is available on the Mr. Mario 2011 channel, and the video is really nothing to go crazy about. It's just kind of the channel image in the background and a cool little visualizer that you could see. And when I ask for comments and such, that's typically where I'll see them. So if you leave a comment on the YouTube upload this, I will definitely see it and can hopefully respond to it. But when it comes to a audio portion of it, because again, this is an audio podcast, uh, you can find this on most major podcasting platforms. Just fire up your favorite podcasting app or provider, look up Mario's Minute, and it should hopefully be on there. Uh, I don't have it on all platforms, but there hasn't been anybody out there who has said, hey, you need to put it on this platform. So I guess that's why I'm not really the most, uh, the most active in trying to get it on every single thing. But mind you, mind you, another big thing, 20 episodes, which this didn't really click with me until about three minutes ago. And I was like, wow, this is this has been 20. So here, I've been doing Mario's Minute every single month for, you know, 20 months in a row. And I have to say, I'm, I'm proud of that. It's flown by. It has majorly flown by. And, and the thing that came of this, that the inception of this podcast originally, was really, it was near the end of 2017. Um, for 2017, I had started getting on more of a scheduled upload of videos where I would, as opposed to years before where I was uploading just whenever the hell I wanted to multiple times a week, I was actually uploading less videos on my channel, but I would upload one video on Wednesday, one video on Saturday. And that worked pretty well. And then what happened was work stuff happened and between work and doing these two videos and traveling, um, I just lost all of my free time. 
and it was like necessary stuff I had to do. Like even like it was getting to the point, honestly, I wasn't really like cleaning my apartment all that much um, because I was having to go to work and then come home and then work on videos for this week and then next week because I'm traveling and I just I I lost all my free time. So I said I can't keep doing this. Like I know it's I'm catching it right now. It's not healthy to do this. I can't keep doing this. I'm going to go down to one video a week. Even if it impacts my channel, I need this. So because of that, I decided in 2018 to start doing one video upload a week. And I said, you know what? Uh, so I'm going to go from an average of eight uploads to four uploads. But I'm going to have my main podcast, Mod Chat, still go up. So that's going to be five uploads a month on average. And I want to fill in something else. And I don't really do anything personal anymore, but I kind of just want to do one personal thing. And this is that. Mario's Minute is just my personal pet project. And it's one of those things, if it gets 10,000 views an episode, that'd be amazing. But if it gets 500 views an episode, I don't care. Because it's it's something that I enjoy doing and something that I want to do and put out in the rotation. And I've said this multiple times, but the people who enjoy Mario's Minute really enjoy it. And the people who don't enjoy Mario's Minute I don't make this podcast for them. Um, if you don't like this podcast, there's nothing I can really do to make you like it. So, sorry. <laughs> but that's how it goes on here. So, that kind of evened me out to going from eight uploads a month to six uploads a month on average. And I figured, you know what, this works out fine. I'll be okay on here. And even so, I've been doing the you know, weekly video upload on the channel for well over a year now, almost two years, I can say. And that seems to be fine. And metrics, they can go a little up, they can go a little down. But either way, I've been okay with it. Um, I, I, I'm not feeling like I'm going crazy, thankfully. So that's kind of where this came from. And, and it's very much this podcast to me it's a very simple release and it's personal like the people who listen to this and if you do thank you but the people who listen to this are the ones who really fuck with me because there's no other technical reason for people to listen to it like if they just want to listen to some personal stuff that i talk about and again thank you so much for doing that i'm really not trying to pander here but if people just want to do that then this podcast works out but i don't talk about like I don't break tech news by any means on here. I don't have any exclusive stuff. I think maybe the only other thing that comes up is if I have a guest on the show and people really like that guest, uh, that does hopefully help out the show. And that's kind of, you know, a reason for collaborating as well, too. Not only just talk with an internet friend or even an in-real-life friend, but also, you know, if, if they have some social media, we can help each other out. I feature them on my channel. Uh, they get, hopefully, some views off that. And then even I can get some views off their audience where they say, hey, one of my favorite content creators was a guest on this two-hour podcast. I like podcasts. I should listen to that. So that's how it goes. It's been fun, is what I'm saying. Uh, for something that is, to me, not super taxing to make, because this is really not taxing at all. This is something I just speak into a mic, I just talk, and that's about it. Uh, it's been extremely rewarding. So I can say thank you to the listeners, commenters, and everything, because uh, I think I'm going to continue to keep this going. My original thing was, I am going to start this podcast, and I'm going to do it for one year. And I even I even paid for a year of podcast hosting. I have to pay for my hosting. I have to pay about $100 for Podbean's hosting per year. And I said, I'm going to pay for this, so I'm locked into it, and I'm going to do it for one year. And if after one year I do not like it, I will stop the podcast. But if it keeps going and I still enjoy it and there's people who seem to enjoy it, I'll keep going. And because I haven't gotten tired of doing this and the people who listen to it haven't 
been complaining about listen to it, listening to it. They seem to enjoy it as well. There's no big issue for me to continue going on. So, hey, here's to another, uh, let's see, four months of me definitely doing this. And then we'll probably do this in 2020. I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't. But anyways... Anyways, thank you all for the past 20 episodes here. Technically 21, because uh, there is a secret pilot episode for anyone that doesn't know. And for real, if you need to find it, it's in the Mario's Minute uh, playlist on YouTube. And it's also, if you scroll far enough to the very first episode on any podcasting provider, you'll uh, play it there. But uh, shout outs to, I want to say, I think it was for for the people who listened to the guinea pig run of it, uh, I want to say... Exit. I'm gonna give you a shout out, anyways. Exit, uh, Jason Escort Do and uh, James Rayner for they were they were people who listened to it and enjoyed that first episode because the first one I remember I kind of was teasing it a bit on Twitter and then I posted it and I did it unlisted and I told people I said hey if you want a link to this please let me know I will DM it to you I want your thoughts on it and that that was about it so. Uh, you know, without those people, it, it, it was definitely they, you all gave me that extra jump in getting this up and running. So thank you. But on top of podcasts, I also kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit too. So I did talk about my main podcast, Mod Chat, where that was also a monthly podcast where I would talk about. That was more, I would have my guest on who is a paranoid coder, otherwise known as Devin. And uh, we would talk about modding news, give our opinions on it and such. And I say was my main podcast because uh, right now we are, it's not done, but its current iteration is done and I'm taking a bit of a break and I could say I'm actually, I'm pretty happy to do that. A lot of people were disappointed by it um, and I would say like, not like, oh man, I hate you guys or anything, but more just like, oh man, this is disappointing, but we understand, we, you know, we, we totally get it. And Devin and I, we talked about it on episodes 54 and 55. So if, if you'd like to check those out and that's where we talk about it, but essentially earlier this year, Devin had reached out to me and he kind of said, Hey dude, my life's getting really busy and I'm thinking of getting off the podcast. And I would say this internally, I kind of freaked out. Cause I'm like, Oh no, my, I don't remember what was going on, but I just remember my life was kind of going a bit all over the place, and then this kind of fell on my lap, I'm like, all right, uh, no, I can't handle this right now. What's going on? And we kind of came to the consensus of, hey, this this is kind of Devin speaking. He's like, hey, look, I'm going to continue to do it for a few months. I just don't want to make a decision that I'm going to regret. Like, I don't want to stop coming on the podcast and then in two months regret my decision majorly. And so he said, I'm going to continue to do this for a few months, and I'm going to see how it is. And if I still feel the same way, I'm going to revisit this issue. But if I get my spark with modding and such again, because that's the thing too, he wasn't modding as often. But he said, if I get if I get this spark again, then I'm going to get into this. And we gave it a good six, seven months. And we revisited the topic and said, hey, uh, Devin's not really feeling this. What can we do? So we actually talked about it. And I remember we had lunch and we were talking about, we were hanging out as well too. And then this, this whole topic came up. And I think the only thing I said, because I told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to be supportive of your decision either way. I am not trying to twist your hand, but I will tell you this. If you want to continue to do this month to month, I can support you. I can do that. If you do not want to do this anymore and you you just want to, you know, step down as co-host, I have a plan. So don't worry about me either way. And I said, the only stipulation is I would like to build in a buffer episode. So I think it was in... 
was that in July, I want to say? No, I think it was, I think it was in July. That was it. It was like early July we talked about this. I want to say that was it. Let's just say that. So in July, we had talked about this and he was like, all right, so is there anything else that stopped me from stepping down? I said, no. And he said, okay, well, how about we just kind of do it as soon as we can? And I said, all right, so this is the plan. I would like to have us announce it on the July episode so we give everyone a heads up and then August will be the last one. And he said, fine by him. And so my plan for that is, first of all, I I don't want to reveal too much, but my main thing is I need a break. (laughs) Uh, I had been doing, aside from one episode with Daniel, where we just couldn't make it that month, I had been doing mod chat every single month for almost five years. (laughs) That's a while. And uh, I, I just said, you know, some some months are better than others. Sometimes I can't wait to do it. Sometimes I'm a wreck and I really don't want to do it, but I have to. And I don't think it should be that because with Mario's Minute, this is never a burden for me to do. But sometimes Mod Chat really felt like a little bit of a burden or a little bit of a chore or I had to work around a lot of things. Um, and sometimes it could be with, and not just Devonate, sometimes it could just be with coordinating with anyone else. Because for me, I'm one of those people, a lot of times I like to work better by myself, which kind of leads into, you know, why I don't collaborate as often. Because I'm sure it's no secret, you all see, I don't really collaborate with YouTubers too often. And it's nothing against anyone else, it's just something that doesn't happen because it doesn't happen. But either way, uh, what happened on that was, we were... We were talking about this, like, I'm kind of trying to get my spot here. <laughs> but no, I'd, I'd done this for almost five years at this point, and, I, and I'm very proud of that. You know, we had many iterations. It was originally just Daniel and I bullshitting about modding. And then we turned it into a live news wrap-up show, and then we changed it over to Devin. But there were times where I was carrying more than I felt like I should have on that. And it was just like, with it happened with Daniel, it happened with Devin, and uh, sometimes, you know, co-hosts would provide um, links and such and things that were available, or not just links, but like sources. Uh, sometimes I had to do all that and the research and everything on my own, and I had to compile everything 100% on that. Um, but I will say that Devin definitely had the, he absolutely had the background, which really helped out. And he still, so like if we were talking about something that was coding related, he was able to really provide a lot more insight than I could have ever provided. Um, But Daniel, and I mean, no, I'm not saying anything bad against him on this. I'm just kind of stating it is what it is. Um, But he was kind of checked out for several episodes, especially near the end. And even to the point where, I mean, this is all public as well too, like, there were some episodes I had to cancel because I couldn't get a hold of him. Or there were some episodes where there was one episode I went on without him and about 40 minutes in, he called me and he's like, I'm sorry, dude, I'm the worst host. I'm so sorry. I fell asleep and nobody woke me up. So it it literally became an issue of with Daniel near the end, it was like, am I going to have him? Like, we're about to go on stream in 30 minutes. Is he going to be available? So... At least having Devin locally really helped out with that. Um, but it, it, it did get to the point with both co-hosts. Like, as their interests kind of waned and such, and as they got more busy with other live stuff, um, it wasn't as much 50-50 in terms of work on the podcast. I was doing more in terms of, like, the prep and things like that. And 
work, working by yourself on any type of team effort um, is never really fun. Like, I'm sure people have experienced that with projects and such, like working on uh, school projects and everything. Like, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You get into a group with... Uh, you know, you're, you pair up with someone or maybe you're a group of three, four people, and then it feels like you do most of the work or something. It's never fun for anyone, you know? So I, I think that was another thing that was going on as well, too. And with, with Devin, I totally understood that. And I remember with the Daniel transition off, you know, I'd kind of talk with Devin about this. And Daniel took it extremely well. I, I think he kind of saw it coming. But I remember when I reached out, like I was talking with Devin, we kind of had some things sorted in the background. And then I talked with Daniel and I said, hey, look, um, I just don't think this is going to work out. I want to cycle you off as a host. And like, this is no hard feelings against you. And he actually responded immediately. And he was very cordial and said, I 100% know what you're talking about. I don't want to destroy the show by any means. I don't want you to destroy the show. If you feel like this is what Mod Chat needs, I am going to trust you with this. And that was about it. And Daniel and I were, were still great friends. And Dev and I were still great friends. And even De Devin was saying, you know, he said before, like, sometimes the only times we hang out are when we do Mod Chat. And sometimes it could be like that for a few months on end. And it shouldn't be like that, you know. But he's busy. I'm busy. So it is what it is. But... That's one thing, you know, so we're not going to have that as often where it's it's just it's not going to it, it won't be as much to collaborate on. And because of that, that will be kind of a relief off my shoulders. And it seems like, you know, doing even just doing something monthly like this, like a monthly podcast where we talk about this, it, it doesn't seem like it's hard at all. And I'm not I'm not saying it's super difficult or super hard by any means. But for me, I can say it's just there are several factors that kind of add in there. Because one other big thing is I am not, I've said it many times, I'll even say here, I'm not a fan of live streaming, like myself. That's why I don't live stream that often. And there were so many times I don't want to live stream, but I had to for mod chat. Or sometimes things would go wrong, either... Um, like one time the discord my discord got uh raided and there was another time you know uh, other times you'll you'll just have like consistently bad people in the chat or something or you sometimes you just don't really want to stream at all sometimes you just don't want to but you have to and technical issues as well too and i want to say the last few months um because of a few things that were going on the last few months were actually a lot better um I want to say, I, I think I really got kind of, I still didn't acquire a love for streaming, but it definitely got to the point where I was like, you know what, if something goes wrong, I don't care. I think that's what it was. My caring ended up just going down and not like in a bad way of like, oh, I don't care about this show, but it was very much a thing of, you know what, if something goes wrong during this show, what else could I do? Like I've tried everything at this point. So like if the mic cuts out, you know what, the mic was working fine two hours ago. How could I expect this? If I fix it on stream, awesome. If not, whatever. I'm just going to have to explain it to people. It's fine. So I think it kind of came to a lot of that of just not giving a fuck. And when I kind of ingrained that in myself, I said, you know what? This is fine. If something goes wrong, it's okay. If we have bad people in the chat, we block them. We move on. It's okay. I'm not I'm not going to worry about this stuff anymore. And it did help. It did help kind of my stream EBGBs, I can say. But it still didn't give me a love of streaming. So I'm really harping on that because one thing I want to do with mod chat is uh, I do want to take it offline. Where um, I want to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to bring it offline. And I am still going to do audio and video versions of it. So for anybody who has to listen to it, don't worry, you're still covered. That is very important to me. 
And uh, for anybody who wants a visual component of it, the visual component is still going to be there. And I don't know if I'm ever going to do YouTube premieres of Mod Chat. I might, I might not. I don't know. But it's going to be videos. And I want to condense them as well, too. So I'm going to do shorter episodes. But on top of doing shorter episodes, my goal is I'd also like to do more than one episode a month. And it sounds like I might be working harder at this or might be doing more than I should. I guess more than I was doing previously. But the thing is, this is actually, I'm excited about this. And believe it or not, it'll actually be easier to me. So let's say if I do two or three 20-minute episodes of Mod Chat a month that are offline, that are edited and everything, and just put out into the ether, to me, that is going to be more enjoyable and more fun and less stressful. Maybe even, eh, would it be? No, I don't think it'd be less time-consuming. I think it might be about the same than doing like a two or three-hour podcast um, because that would also include like prep and such for it. So even so, with that, my thing is too, because I'm going to be doing it, I'm also going to adjust accordingly. So as opposed to having to have, you know, 10 topics per episode, sometimes I might cover one or two things per episode. And I think that would be okay because if someone says, hey, you only cover two topics in this episode, yeah, well, it was a 15-minute episode. So, so what of it? (laughs) So that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. And I don't want to reveal all too much else, but my thing has been I want to take a little bit of a break. I have a timeline of how long I plan for my break to be. And I might be back a certain date or I might be back another date. Um, I do have a hard deadline in my head of this is the month I want to come back. If it's not this month, it's definitely going to be this other month. And that's about all I'll say on it. But so far between Mario's Minute having now 20 episodes at this point and then Mod Chat being rebooted. That's what I've been calling it. I've been calling it like the Mod Chat reboot. Um... I'm feeling pretty good about the podcast. So for anybody who might be missing Mod Chat, don't worry. It will be coming back. Um, Just don't expect it to be in the same type of manner. And uh, just give me some time. Just give me some time, all right? And I think we'll be good. Oh, man. So what other thing I wanted to talk about? Let's get into, you know, some personal stuff here. One thing I wanted to talk about was uh, cars, which I don't think I've ever talked about here on Mod Chat. Not my man. My mind's in mod chat. <laughs> I've never talked about it on uh, Mario's Minute here. So I'm not a gearhead by any means. I'm not crazy into cars. I think that the most I get into, I really enjoy car audio. But even then, I'm really not a huge bass head by any means. I guess my definition of a bass head is like someone who will just constantly be buying amps and subs and all that stuff and constantly be tweaking it's like no I'll tell you when I was 18 I got an amplifier I got a box and two subs and I've had that same set for years at this point I have not switched out the most I've done was there was one time uh one of my wires came undone so it was the ground wire so I had to reground everything and uh I moved them from my old car to my new car when I got rid of my old car and I got a new car that that's about the most I've ever really done on there. Aside from that, I've done a few, uh, you know, head unit installs for some friends. And the reason why I bring this up is because, uh, a a good chunk of my summer was, uh, working on getting my girlfriend up to speed with getting a car and such. And and I'll kind of skip past some of that, but in short, you know, she's going to be commuting and such here soon. So we had to get her set up with a decent car. And what happened was I was looking online. I was looking, you know, my main, pretty much the only place I was looking at was Facebook Marketplace. And 
they can be good, but I'll tell you about the four cars we looked at. So the first one, and mind you, for a first car especially, we were also looking at something that was just, you know, a few thousand dollars. It might need a little bit of work, but that's about it. But let's make sure this is like something that can last and work for like, I don't know, a few years and then we're done. <laughs> so the first car we end up seeing was a 2012 Hyundai was it? It was an accent. That was it. Like one of the little hatchbacks. And I drove it and it was kind of loud when it came to road noise. It kind of felt a bit like it didn't feel like a super comfortable drive, but it seemed to be okay. But a few things I noticed when I did the road test, because also when I drove it, I did drive it a little bit hard and kind of erratic, like on purpose, because I was like, I kind of want to drive this like an asshole so I can see what issues the car has. And at one point, I smelled kind of a burnt smell. And I can't pinpoint exactly like how it was, but it just smelled burnt, you know? <laughs> and that was definitely a red flag to me. And I remember when I went back, so we end up going to like a used car place for this. And uh, I was already kind of getting some some weird feelings. Like they were nice and such, but just, I don't know, slimy used car lot vibes. Like you all probably know what I'm talking about. And if you work at a used car lot, look, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say anything against you. It's just... It, used car lots can give off a certain kind of vibe and that's what I was feeling all right I wasn't the most comfortable with what I was going to purchase so what happened was I asked about this and I I mentioned hey when I took it on the highway went from zero to 60 I noticed uh, kind of a burnt smell what's going on there and they were actually pretty concerned and they checked with their me their mechanic and the mechanic was saying oh it could have been this it could have been this maybe it was a catalytic converter uh maybe uh you know we've had the car sitting for a few days and the temperatures have fluctuated and mind you i'm not a professional with cars by any means so i had been double checking with you know some trusted friends on this as well too and when i ran this by one of my friends he was just like no no man uh I mean, like a catalytic converter, it depends. Maybe, maybe not. If it was like this kind of burnt smell, maybe not a big deal. If it was this kind of burnt smell, I would run if I were you. Um, the catalytic converter, that's possible, but I'm not sure. But when he's talking about, you know, the temperature change in the car setting, that might be true if we're going from like 20 degrees Fahrenheit to 100 every night but we're not. We're not even anywhere close to that difference. So, no. <laughs> um, so, we kind of kept that in the back of our heads, and even my girlfriend wasn't too crazy about it either, and I was like, that's fine. Um, this isn't going to be anything that, like, it's, it's not going to be, like, I, I guess the best thing I could say is what I told her. I said, look, the car we're getting for you, any car we get, doesn't matter any car we get unless we get a new car it's not going to be as nice as mine <laughs> so and in my car it's only like two three years old at this point yeah, it's, it's a three-year-old car so um it's still new in my mind at least but it, it is what it is on there so some of it it was just hey this car is a little bit older this is how it's going to drive but when it came down to it then i think the next thing we looked at was um we'd actually seen two cars in one day and yeah, I guess we can say that. Yeah, we saw two cars in one day. So what happened was the second car, 
if this is going to happen, I, I, I would just want to tell this story because I just want to say if there's anybody like if you're someone you've been driving for years, you've traded in and, you know, sold and flipped multiple cars and such. You might be laughing at this stuff I'm saying. But look, I, I'm trying to tell this from not only a viewpoint, but I'm also trying to help people out who might be younger than me, who might not have a car or they might be on their first car. There might not be super experienced. Just some things to look out for. All right. So if you're kind of in the inexperienced department, the, the, these stories are for you. And for anybody else, I hope this is entertainment. But what happened was the first car we saw, it was a, it was like a 2012 Nissan Altima. And I had booked a time with the seller. We drove out there and this was some bullshit. All right. We booked this for 10.30 a.m. And I go out there and I see the seller and another dude and a woman. And I talk with them and the seller's like, yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, I'm the one selling this car and uh, they're actually going to be driving it first because they were here first. And I'm like, what the hell? We were we were booked for 10.30. And then they said, like, they were all very nice, the, the other seller, and it was his daughter. And he was just like, yeah, uh, we were booked for 10 o'clock. So I'm like, all right, so you knowingly booked 30 minutes in between to see this car. Yeah, all right, this this is kind of some bullshit, but whatever. On top of that, we got there about five minutes early. So we got there at 1025, and the seller said, oh, hey, uh, also, uh, well, I'm actually going to be right back because uh, I left the keys for this car at my house, so I just need to run to my house and get the keys and come back. And I was like, all right, cool. So not only you're kind of trying to overlap booking, but you forgot the keys. Fantastic. So as he's telling me this, there's another couple that comes in. At, at this point, because we've been talking about it, it's 1030. And they come straight over to the Altima. And they're just like, yeah, we're here to see this car. And he said, oh, well, uh, they're in line. And then these people are in line first. And this couple did not look happy about it. I, I don't think any of us were. So at this point, the guy's like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm heading home. So I start talking with the first dude, right? And he said, yeah, you know, I have a Nissan Sentra. That's actually my daughter's car. I bought it for her. I fixed up a bunch of stuff on it. I really like how it drives. And uh, I'm thinking of getting this. Like, I've actually been looking for an Altima for a while, but uh, I'm just kind of I'm kind of picky with cars. I've been looking for like six months. Apparently, he had to commute a, a decent amount of the way to see this as well, too. And he told me, he's like, yeah, you know, it was... We were booked for 10 o'clock, and we got here a little bit early, and then the dude showed up at 10.20, and uh, now it seems like he's just double booking everyone. Because I found out this other couple that showed up after me, uh, they were booked for the same time I was booked at. So he ended up double booking us, and I don't know if he was doing that just with incompetence or if he was just trying to get everyone pitted together to hopefully make a sale that day, because it was very much going to be like, Hey, if you don't buy this car, that's fine. I have four other people in line who will. I think I honestly think that's what he was aiming for. But um, then in the meantime, you know, we were kind of discussing this. We were talking about our displeasure of this. Probably about 15 minutes after the couple shows up, another woman comes by herself. And I asked, I was like, are you looking at this car? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, well, this guy is was booked for 10, and I was booked for 10.30, and they were booked for 10.30, and now you're coming along. And I, I kind of explained to her, and then she just got really annoyed and said, well, uh, thanks for letting me know. This was a complete waste of time and gas, and she just left. And then the couple who came after me, they said, all right, uh, we're going to leave. If this car's here later, I guess we'll check it out, but we're not going to wait around for this guy. Because, again, it, it had been about – so – at this point, it's 1045, 1050. 
I had waited about 30 minutes just for this dude to get the keys to the car, and he was still not showing up. So what happened, I was, I started looking around a little bit, and I was hunting kind of angrily, and my girlfriend asked, she's like, can we just wait in your car, it's kind of hot out here, I said, yeah, that's fine, so I remember even at one point before we got out, um, like before we got back in the car, the first guy, he said, yeah, you know, I just want to try out this car, and uh, if I try it out and it runs fine, I'm gonna buy it, like, I'm just telling you all right now, like, you all can still check it out, but if I drive it and I don't feel any mechanical issues, I'm buying this car. So I was already like, well, cool. He, he's he's the first, like nothing against it. He was the first one here. He's going to be the first one to see it. If he likes it, he's going to buy it. Like, you know, that's it. And the car seemed to be okay. It looked like it needed some work and such. Like the tires were super cracked on it, I noticed. So even that was one thing. I was like, hey, if we get this car, we're replacing the tires. <laughs> but um, that was one thing I was, I was definitely looking into there when it came to it all. So what happened was I started looking around and I ended up finding the same car except it was a 2007 and pretty much like different color but like same mileage and everything else on there same body style of course because 2007 to 2012 ultimas they had about the same thing and i said okay cool i'm going to uh you know i'm like let's reach out to this guy so i reached out to this other guy i said hey um i see that you have this available are you available and he said yeah i am and i said well my girlfriend and I are out shopping for a car right now. A sale with this guy kind of fell through. We can be available in the next 30 minutes. Would you be available? And the guy said, no, but I can be available in the next hour. Does that work for you? And I said, yes. So I said, all right, cool. Let's look at this other Altima. And I went back to the guy, uh, the the first guy who was waiting for the seller to come back. And mind you, it's like almost 11 o'clock now. And still waiting. So this poor guy has waited like an hour, at least one hour, just to even drive this car. And I just went up to him and said, hey, dude, um, I just want to say good luck if if you check this car out and you decide to buy it. Good luck. Hope it all goes well for you. Um, I'm very turned off by this, as is everyone else. But I, nothing against you. Like, you were here first. You're going to get to drive the car first. It's just the seller's messing up. And he, he agreed with me and such. But... I said, hey, um, we're actually going to be looking at another car, so I'll see you around. And he said, hey, thanks, yeah, it was nice meeting you. And I remember I even ended up messaging that seller, and I just kind of gave him an earful of, like, we're leaving, and just so you know, another person showed up and left. Next time, be more professional, don't forget the damn keys to the car, and don't double-triple book your car. And he just said thank you for that. <laughs> And I think what also, this was just an observation. I don't even say it annoyed me, but it was just an observation. He replied to my message within a minute. And I was like, why couldn't you have this sense of urgency with the keys? Like, this dude has been waiting. He waited 20 minutes for you to show up. And then he's been waiting at least 30 minutes for you just to get keys to the car. And you can reply to my message within a minute. Like, where is this sense of urgency? So, uh, we ended up leaving that car. We uh, checked out another Altima. And what happened was we ended up running into a guy who, uh, real nice dude. And he seemed to be, he seemed to be a part of multiple different businesses, but he kind of ran one where he was also kind of selling cars on the side. So, it was like he was just... It was like he was a regular dude, but he also just had a, a dealer's license, and we end up meeting at, like, another place of business that he had. So we checked out the car. It seemed to be okay. It seemed to have, you know, a decent amount of modifications to it. I drove it. It seemed to be fine. Girlfriend drove it. It seemed to be fine. 
And uh, then I said, hey, there's some some work on here. I'd like to get this checked out. I'd like to get this clean. I want to get this replaced. And I think what I was asking was like there was one of the tires was super bald compared to the other three, but the other three looked fine. We were going to get like a matching tire and get it thrown on there. Um, the windshield had a big crack in it. That was going to get replaced. Uh, there was going to be some other work done on the car as well, too. And I negotiated down a little bit. So we were just like, okay, this is awesome. Now, this is really important, all right? And this I want to instill not to, to anyone, all right? I want to instill this to anyone, but especially if you are, like, fresh into buying a used car. Spend the money, take some time, and get a professional to do a pre-purchase inspection on your car. And don't take it to the dealer. Don't take it to, like, a big chain Take it to a local, reputable mechanic. Not only you're going to pay less if you just go to a local mechanic, but you're probably going to get a more thorough inspection as well. Because mind you, you can take the same car to two, three different places and probably get different things to show up. But the reason why I say that is mainly if you go to a, if you get it done at the dealer, that's the most expensive. All right. And sometimes you might not have the best people there. But it is, without doubt, the most expensive place. And then if you go to a chain of places, that's going to be probably cheaper than the dealer. But you might run into the issue of you have people who aren't super, super experienced. But if you run into someone who has a local shop that they have independently owned and operated for like the past 10, 15, 20 years, and they have a stellar reputation, you're going to deal with a lot of experience and you're going to deal with better prices. So... Whenever you buy a used car, and it doesn't matter where you buy it from, buy it from your best friend, buy it from a family member, buying it from a dude on Craigslist, buying it from CarMax, wherever it is, insist on getting a pre-purchase inspection and pay out of pocket as well too. So uh, really, like the seller is never expected to pay for this, but just also stress that as well and just say like, hey, we will pay for this, just please work with us on it. And even if you can get it in writing, because we actually, because... Granted, this wasn't just a person we were buying it from, was technically a dealer. We were able to get it in writing. So we liked this car, we put down a deposit, which was refundable, and we had it in writing in a contract that said, this purchase is contingent on a positive pre-purchase inspection. Essentially meaning, if the inspection comes back good, we will get the car. But if the inspection comes back with any big red flags, we can choose to terminate the contract and get our money back on the basis of the inspection. So the guy even said he was pretty confident about it. He's like, you know, look, like the car is going to come back with a, a lot of like little things and stuff. And I said, that's fine. I understand if it's going to come back with like a few leaks here and there and what have you. That's okay. And I even saw like I saw like some oil here and there and some other stuff. And I was like, look, that's okay. I just don't want it to come back with something like you're going to have to replace the whole engine. I, I That's what I need to know. And the guy did not fight me on it at all. He's like, yeah, no, that's totally fine. So. We had that in writing. He ended up taking the listing down, and we decided to, um, you know, a few days later, end up doing this. So, what happened was, on it was on a Tuesday, and man, it was it was a little bit heartbreaking. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you that because this is not the car that we went uh, we decided to get, but it was a Tuesday, and uh, I, I decided to help out a bit. So I had I found a garage. And like a mechanic place, I found out that they did pre-purchase inspections for 60 bucks, which is a great deal. Uh, if you're worried about it at all, 
you might have to spend anywhere from 50 to 100 120 bucks but it is totally worth it because i'll put it like this if 60 dollars is in this case if 60 dollars is setting you back from buying a car you really need to rethink what you're purchasing and such and how you're spending your money <laughs> but if it is a car that you end up buying that $60 is just going to help you give you like a sheet of what you need to know about the car. If you spend $60 on a pre-purchase inspection, you do not buy that car. You spent $60 to save yourself thousands of dollars and, you know, headaches and trouble and all that stuff. That that can be what it is. So what happened was, um, and mind you, another thing, it's only an inspection, meaning all they do they report back to you. They don't fix anything. Even if it is something as little as replacing a fuse, they will not fix anything. They just inspect. That's it. But what happened was I found a really great garage. I ended up talking with them. I got not a, uh, I didn't get anything scheduled because you couldn't schedule. It was just, you know, the, the earlier you come, the faster they can get you in. So the seller ended up taking the car there. And I ended up even helping him with this as well, too. Um, I actually took him back to his workplace because I said, you know what? Whatever I can help you with, that's going to help us out. And a few hours later, and he was even saying, he's like, he was, again, he was real confident. He's like, I don't think anything is going to come back on this aside from like all the little stuff. Uh, but I'd be interested in seeing what the inspection has. And you guys, oh my goodness. Um, the best way I can describe this in short, I'm going to go into more detail, but in short, my girlfriend paid $60 for this dude to roast the fuck out of the car. That's the best way I can say it. So now getting more into it, what happened was, uh, first, you know, I had called the garage to get a, just to get, you know, an ETA on it. And they were like, yeah, it might be around this time we'll get to it. And by the way, um, how, how much are you trying to spend on this car? And I told them and I said what they were going to fix. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting us know. And it was just the way they said it. I already knew there was there was some trouble. <laughs> and then I ended up picking up around the time, let's say it was like 2 p.m. It was supposed to be done. I picked up the buyer and we started heading over and I get a call as I'm driving over and they said, hey, uh, Danny, we need to talk to you about this car. And the way they said it again, I'm like, oh, man. But I said, look, we're on the way. Could we just check it out and talk with you there? And they're like, oh, how long? Uh, 10 minutes. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, we'll see you in 10 minutes. We'll just keep the car there. So they had the car in their garage. They were able to lift it for us and everything. And essentially, I, I have a, a list here of everything that, that came back. But they said, just a few of the things here. The airbag light was flashing. Uh, the vehicle pulled a little bit to the right, which I didn't notice. I was surprised. Broken front windshield. Of course, we knew that. Door lock operation. One of the doors didn't lock all the time. Brake pulsation at highway speeds. They they cited rusty rotors for that. Um, not the brake pads. It was the rotors. And that I was surprised because a lot of this, and I told them multiple times, like I told the garage, I was like, I believe you all 100%. I'm just shocked because I didn't feel any of this. But again, I'm not, I'm not a professional, but I thought I would have felt some of this. So they did say that the transmission had a delay in shift, and that was due to some leaks. Um, and there was just a few other things. But the big thing, aside from, you know, some stuff like there was a, oh, I guess this. Yeah, the engine oil cooler was leaking oil and just a few other things. Some of the stuff I knew about, some of it I was really surprised by. But the transmission, that was a big one. 
And even one thing they said was they said, you know, we looked at it, the transmission looks like it's a different color than the car itself, leading us to believe that the transmission has been replaced at least one time in this car's lifetime. And it probably wasn't replaced properly because this one is also leaking. So what happened was um, we ended up going there and they were like, they were super nice. But the dude, he sees all of us. And he's like, oh, uh, oh, so the, the buyer's here too. Um, all right. So question, do you all want to have a meeting together or should I do separate meetings? And I was like, no, you can talk to all of us. And the, the seller, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah. What? Well, I think I said buyer earlier. I meant to say seller, but the seller said, oh yeah, no, we, we, we can all talk like we're, we'll be good. And then the mechanic said, are you sure? Because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And the seller said, oh damn. The seller ended up saying, no, no, you're, you're not hurting anyone's feelings. Don't worry. So we all go into the garage, we check out the car, and he's pointing out stuff to us. He's like, as you can see, this is broken, this is broken, this is leaking, this is an issue. We noticed we had this right here. Like he mentioned, you know, kind of pulling to the right. I was surprised by that. Then they end up raising the car. And man, I just remember my heart started sinking because I liked that car. My girlfriend liked it as well, too. And then we look underneath the car. <laughs> and the mechanic he starts pointing out some stuff and he's like so as you can see there's a leak right here and this is where like the first kind of troubling thing came in so he said there's a leak right here and the seller said oh come on that's a small leak mechanic looks right at him and he's like oh hey excuse me can can i get your name what's your name and the seller gives him his name and i'm just gonna say ryan for for short so he said oh my name's ryan he's like okay ryan listen i am not here to make you happy I'm here for them. They, they are the, you, you guys are the buyers, right? And I said, yeah. He's like, look, they paid me for a service. I am doing my job as a service to them. They have paid me to inspect the car. I am inspecting the car. That is all I'm doing. I am not here to hurt anyone's feelings. And I said that going into this. And then Ryan said, well, oh, no, you're not hurting my feelings. And he's like, yes, but you're trying to say that there's a small leak in that car. It doesn't matter to me if it's big or small. There is a leak right there. They have paid me to look at this stuff. I need you to let me do my job. If you don't want this here, if you don't want to hear this, you can get out of the garage until we're done. But until then, I am not here to hurt anyone's feelings. You were warned about this going in. And that was it. He just, he just owned him right there. And I mean, at the time I wasn't laughing, but now thinking back, it's just, it's hilarious to think about. But what happened, you know, Ryan just kind of sucked it up. He's like, okay, all right, all right. No, you're not hurting my feelings. That That's fine. I understand. But I'm just saying it's a small leak. And the, the mechanic said, yeah, it's a small leak, but it's a leak. I'm just pointing it out. So he started pointing out a few things. There were a few modifications that were done. And there was some, there was even one thing that was done, which I even said out loud. I was like, that is stupid. Like some of the stuff. So the exhaust on this car was loud because uh, like the mufflers were taken off. Um, the car had tinted windows on it. There were aftermarket lights all over the car. The front grill was black. Uh, what was the other thing? The thing that I said was stupid though was the fog lights were disconnected and you could just see like i i think it was just the wires for the fog lights were just wrapped around something on the bumper cover and they weren't connected to anything and when i saw that after it was pointed out i said out loud i was like that's really stupid <laughs> so what happened was uh you know we we check out all that stuff and he lowers the car and he was like, the mechanic was saying, all right, so as you can see, this is the issue, this is an issue, this is an issue right here. The, these are all the issues. 
So then Ryan was just like, all right. So when it comes to the big stuff, like the big things here, what are we really talking about? And I could tell the mechanic was not, he did not like that question. Because he just kind of like pursed his lips together. He's like, well, it's all kind of big stuff. And Ryan's like, no, 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 no. But like some of this can be like easily fixed. Like the windshield, we're taking care of that. But like I'm talking about like the big things. Like what are like the big issues? And he kind of said, well, the engine leak, that's an issue. Um, this whole part, you have to replace the whole thing. And you can't just replace like these. I, I want to say it was, is it even right here? Let me see. It was the it specifically the engine valve cover gasket. And he was saying you couldn't just replace a few pieces, like the some of the pieces that like connect to the spark plugs and such. He said everything has to be replaced on that. And I guess the way that Nissan had done it, he was claiming, maybe someone else can correct me, but he was claiming that this particular piece, the whole thing had to be replaced. And it had to be OEM. It couldn't be aftermarket. There were no aftermarket pieces for this specific engine piece. But he was talking about that there. Uh, he said another thing was the sway bar links were loose. And Ryan was trying to fight him on that. And he said, no, they're loose. I don't know what to tell you, dude. They're loose. <laughs> so he was mentioning that. He said, you know, the transmission, that's another big thing. So then Ryan's like, all right, all right. So you're saying like the big stuff. We're talking about like the oil leak and the transmission here. And like what other big stuff? You can just tell the mechanics like, dude, those are big. Like, what What else do you want me to say? Like, those those are big things. That's the engine and the transmission. But he just said, no, that, that's it. So we end up going back in. And, well, no, I, I want to say before, when we were still in the garage, um, the the technician, not, not the, the mechanic, he just kind of shook his head. He's like, oh, you know, um, it's just this car wasn't taken care of. Uh, whoever had this before, they really did not take care of this car. And um, it's just, there's so many things that are broken on here, unfortunately. I think it might have been a teenage car. And I asked Ryan, I said, Ryan, you know who owned this before? Was it a teenager? And I asked him that because, uh, kind of quick thing here, Ryan said that he actually had bought this car originally at auction like two years ago and sold it to a guy. And the guy drove it for two years and then got a new car and then sold it back to Ryan. So Ryan was selling it for the second time. So he had, I think that was another thing. From what I know, Ryan, at least from what he claimed, I feel like he really overpaid for this car. And on top of it, I think he also kind of had not trust issues, but I think he trusted the seller. If everything he said is true, I think he trusted the original seller a little too much because like, oh, hey, I've already dealt with you before. Yeah, this car should be fine. So what happened on there was... uh. I asked, I was like, well, Ryan, you, you know, the, the seller, was it a teenager? And he's like, no, it, it was, I don't know. Maybe the guy bought it for his teenager. The, the guy I sold it to and bought it from, he was like a 45, 50 year old guy. And the mechanic just kind of said, he's like, yeah, um, I don't know what kind of 45, 50 year old man ends up painting their grill black. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned, you know, the grill was painted black on there. So we end up going back in and my girlfriend's up paying for the inspection. I'm sure that was such a disappointing $60 to pay for. But Ryan was trying to fight this guy in the transmission on how to fix it. And the guy's like, no, no, to fix it, we have to take apart the whole car. We got to take apart the engine and separate the engine from the transmission and fix the link and then put it back together. You can't just patch it. Like, no, we're going to have to do a lot of work in order to do this properly. So 
I had talked with Ryan afterwards, and he's like, man, I didn't know about that transmission. That scared me. I'm going to see what I can do. Like, you know what? I got a shop back at the place. I I'm going to raise it up. And he, he did say this, the kind of a red flag, but he was like, you know, I'm just going to see if I could just even JB weld it. I had some bad feelings about it. I ran it by a friend who even just kind of red flag raised for him. But what happened was when I talked with my girlfriend about it, she was like, look, I'm kind of trusting you about this. Like, what do you think? And I said, honestly, if we get this, we're probably gonna have to spend a few thousand dollars to fix it as well, too. But I, I want to talk to the mechanic one on one. So even uh, let's see, I'm, I'm thinking of Steve. How about that? Let's let's call him Steve. So Steve is the mechanic. So Ryan now he he's out of the picture. But we go back in, I talk to Steve, and he's like, oh, hey, Danny, I'm really happy you came back. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you. I was like, oh, you did? He's like, yeah, I was going to give you a call, um, because everything that just happened there, that was quite abnormal. Um, first of all, we don't typically show the inspection or do an inspection with the seller, because one, you are the buyer and you're paying for the inspection. I'm not paying, like Steve, not not Steve, he's like, but this, the seller is not paying for the inspection. The buyer is. So if you want to pass on your information of the uh, of the um, pre-purchase inspection to the seller, that's up to you. But I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it for you. Secondly, you saw he was getting mad about everything I saw. I was saying. I was pointing things out. He was getting mad. He was trying to downplay stuff. Um, that's also why we don't like to have the seller around for the inspection because they'll try and downplay things. And Minch, you know, this, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, but he was saying like, I guess one other thing he had mentioned when, you know, we did the payment and such, this is kind of the, the last roasting thing he did there. But he said, like, as he was giving us the paperwork, he said, guys, I don't want to say it's bad, but ugh, it's bad. <laughs> and that's why I was like, I, I need to talk to the mechanic again. But Steve, he, he spent a lot of time with us. He was a super nice guy. And he even asked, he's like, why do you all like this car? And we provided him, you know, with some reasons and such. And he was like, well, look, um, I understand you all like this car. But and, and I asked, I was like, I just want an honest answer from you. Your your opinion, do you think this is worth it at all? Or is this just a death trap that we should get rid of? And in short, he said, I would not go forward on buying this. That, that was his in short. But his, his kind of longer description, you know, he was saying, uh, this guy, I, I don't know what his deal is. But he mentioned multiple times, he was proudly mentioning that he has a shop. Uh, first of all, this inspection, if he had a shop, this inspection shouldn't have happened. He should have been honest with you all. He should have known of the issues. He should have taken this car and put it up in the air if he does have a shop. And he should have seen all the issues, all the leaks, the transmission, everything. He should have known about that. He should have marked it down the listing. He should have been honest with you about that if he was trying to do honest business. But the fact that he didn't not only maybe he didn't know about it, but maybe he even did and he didn't mention anything that's not good. So he was kind of mentioning that. And then what happened is, you know, we're, we're talking off and on in regards to this. And <laughs> it, it just, it, it was a crazy turn of events. It was just a crazy turn of events with everything that happened here. Um, but what happened was he said, Hey, look, I actually, I'm not trying to sway you all anyway, and if you want to, that's fine. I have a car out there. I have I have a Honda Accord out there. We just got it detailed. We just got it back. I'm about to put that car up for sale tonight. That's actually in the price range of what you are looking for. And like, mind you, I'm not trying to be a salesman. And I was kind of, there were some flags that were raising in my head because I was like, let me check this out for myself. 
But he's like, I'm not trying to be a salesman here, but that's a car that's available. That's a car, all the work has been done to it. I have done the work on it myself. I don't have any issues with that car. I would put my daughter into that car. That is a car right there, that Accord. If you get that car, and I'm not saying you have to, but if you get it, you put gas in the car and you bring it for maintenance. Like you change the oil every 3,000 miles. Those are the two things you need to do. But it, if you're here and you want to check it out, I have the keys. Let me know. You can check it out and such if you want to. So we saw the car. It was older than we were expecting, but it seemed to be okay. I ended up looking under the hood and everything. There was a lot of brand new stuff under there as well, too, and it all looked great. I gave it a test drive. Girlfriend gave it a test drive. It seemed to run real well. And then I came back to Steve that night. Like I drove it back, and I was talking with him, and I asked, you know, what's the story with this? What's going on? And we're getting into another story here. So what happened is he actually said that he has, it's not a friend. I, I guess this is a customer that he is friendly with. He said there was another guy. What, I'm, what am I going to call him? What am I going to call this guy? Let's call him Dustin, for example. So he said he has a customer he's quite friendly with called Dustin. And Dustin went out, this is earlier in the summer, he went out, he bought a used Chrysler. Ran into a ton of issues with it. He brought it by Steve's shop, and Steve said, Hey, uh, yeah, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to fix all this stuff. And Dustin said, No. Like, no, I'm done with this. All right, uh, thank you for this, but it's not worth it. And Steve said, Hey, you should have gotten this car inspected. Did you get it inspected? No. All right, you're going to go out and buy another car. Before you get the car, bring it by me. I will inspect it for you, and I will tell you if there's any other issues with it. And so a few weeks later, Dustin found this Honda Accord, and he calls up Steve and says, Steve, yo, I found this Accord. I want to buy this thing, but I want to get inspected because you told me to. Can you get me in on an inspection today? And it was like Saturday afternoon, and Steve said, I'm sorry, dude, I can't. Um, like if you can come by another day, like early in the morning, I can, but I cannot get to it today. And Dustin said, oh, all right. Um, well, thanks. No, I can't bring it in another day. So logically, Dustin does th the smart thing and he buys it without getting it inspected. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic there, but this is the second car in a row that he has not gotten inspected. And it's just, I mean, thank you, Dustin, for messing up so badly, but Mike, Dustin, come on, man. Damn. Anyways, apparently, he's driving this, he's enjoying his car, at one point it breaks down on the highway. He gets it towed to Steve's place. Steve says he then does the inspection and the diagnostics, and it's thousands of dollars to repair this. So I don't know the exact details that ended up transpiring here, but essentially... Steve ended up doing all the work that needed to be repaired on this car. Anything that he saw that was an issue or was a potential issue, he ended up fixing up, he ended up replacing. Essentially, imagine taking your car to get an inspection and a lot of things come back on it and then everything gets repaired on there. That is what happened with this car. But at this point, Steve said, I'm not Steve, it was Dustin. He said, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, so I think he kind of just gave the title and the keys and the car to Steve and said, hey, you fix us up, you sell it, we can figure it out. Because 
legally when it came down like yes we we did work with steve the mechanic to get this car and this was the car we ended up getting we worked with steve to get it but legally according to the title we actually purchased it from dustin so i think steve was just the intermediary person here and was holding on to the car but he never owned it himself but what ended up happening was you know he told us this story and he said he was like, you know, they like this guy, Dustin, he was just like you guys, you know, he didn't really know that much about this and no offense to you all, but like he, he wasn't like a professional with cars by any means, but I told him to get inspected. He didn't get this inspected. He ran into all these issues. So he's just done with this car. So that's why I'm selling it for him. But I got all this work done. I did an oil change. I did all of the maintenance that needs to be done on this car. And apparently even Steve said that he had actually been using it as a daily driver for a bit as well too. And he had an even older Accord and he was thinking of swapping it out. He was thinking of swapping his older Accord for this newer one, but he decided to, you know, put, put it up for sale. So what happened? I talked with him. I actually saw all the details, the paperwork and everything. I saw all the work that had gotten done, both physically in the car, as well as, you know, the statements and such. And again, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of really expensive work that was done on this car, all right? But I was able to negotiate down a little bit, and we ended up ironing this out. We said, okay, this is how much we're going to pay. We're going to do it on this date. We'll come back here and do this. So what happened was this is the car we decided on. A few nights later, I want to say it was like a night or two later, um, decided to come back. Uh, we went to, you know, uh, Steve's office there. We did all the paperwork and such. And it was surprising, like... He was he was getting kind of sentimental there. He was again. He was like, you know, I would I, I he he was saying he's like I would feel comfortable putting my daughter in this car. But he also said, you know, I am I'm really like I was really thinking of getting this. I mean, I'm happy you all are getting it, but I was really thinking of swapping this out. And he was saying, you know, I I believe in he, he this is his words. But he was like, I believe in you know fate and things happening. And man, I think it's just unbelievable to me. Like you all came to get this inspection done, and you decide to pass on that car, understandably so, and you were the first people to sit in that car after it was detailed, before I even had a chance to put it up online. Like, I just, I, I think I think this car was meant to be. But even as we were about to drive off, he was, like, looking longingly at that car, and he, I think the funny thing was, like, I ended up shaking his hand at the end, and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, man, come here. He gave me a huge hug, and then he, he didn't hug my girlfriend, but he kind of did the thing, you know, where, like, you shake hands, and he, like, cups your hand. He did that to her, and he was saying, he's like, please, please, you all, please keep this car in this same condition. F bring it in for maintenance, you know, whether you do it here or where else, but do maintenance on this car treat it well please keep it in the same condition and if you all ever decide to sell this car bring it to me first i can't i can't give you any guarantees but if i am looking for a car i might get this from you guys and he was he was just being real honest about it all he was he was a real swell guy to deal with thankfully but yeah that was it seemed a little bit unorthodox, but that's how it ended up happening. And, you know, right there, you know, we had, we exchanged the money. We had the, the, the title and everything, and we drove off and that was it. We had the car at that point. And I've done some things to it too. One of the things was, uh, the first thing I did literally within three hours of ownership, I had actually purchased the stuff a few days prior. Uh, I ended up replacing the stock radio in there. It originally came with a tape deck. And from what I could tell when I took this all apart, it had never, there'd never been anything else that was added in there. It was just all stock from day one. So I ended up pulling out the tape deck and I put in a nice little Alpine radio. 
and it has everything that my girlfriend would want, and even more. Because, for example, she said, I'm never going to use the radio in the car, but I hooked up the radio because I want everything to work. But it has, of course, AM, FM radio. It has, um, apparently you could do like Pandora through USB. So it has USB on there for Android and iPhone. Uh, it's a CD player, of course. And then it has Bluetooth and auxiliary, three and a half millimeter input. So um, just, it costs like less than, it costs exactly $119. Because I paid for the stereo and I paid for the wiring harness. Oh, I'm not trying to do that. But I paid for both of those. Got it wired in, installed. The only other thing I did uh, was the headlights were pretty yellowed. And I ended up refurbishing those and got them all nice and shiny. Because I said, hey, you're going to need these at night when you're driving. So I ended up resolving those. And those about the only those were like the only two problematic things i had to work on because the thing for me the stereo was like look if i ever drive this car i don't have any tapes that i want to listen to and i'm sure as hell not going to go out and buy one of those like tape to aux things you know in 2019 like no i'm just gonna replace the stereo (laughs) so those were about the two things we did and we've been driving the car it's been just fine everything's been great on there so that I was a lot more trusting on just because, again, it was pretty much, it was brought in, it was diagnosed the issue, the, the inspection was done then, at that point, the pre-purchase inspection was done after the car was purchased, mind you, and after it had issues, but really everything that was an issue on there was fixed up, anything that was a pain point was fixed up, so... I'm real happy about all that. Girlfriend's real happy about all of it. That's something that, oh my God, I just, I, yo, I'm not crazy about car shopping, I'll be honest. But it's kind of piqued my interest into like automotive and mechanical things again. Because I've been watching a lot of car stuff on YouTube. Because it's just, it's, it's at this point now, it's just so entertaining. Like at first I was like, oh, I really need to learn about this. And now I'm like, no, this is actually just really nice to learn about. I, I enjoy this. So, man, that has been like, a big part of my summer and I know only like four cars right but it's just been like driving looking for cars a few other things related to that stuff but what I can tell you is man shady sellers don't deal with them and any used car you get get yourself an inspection and the best thing you can do is go to a great independent local shop and the way I found my shop I'll tell you all I looked up like pre-purchase inspections in the area I found Steve's shop And it has hundreds of reviews, been in business for years, and it has like 4.9 out of 5 stars on multiple sites as well too when it comes to reviews. Yeah, there are like a few negative reviews, but they are so far and few in between. So that's really how it was to me. That's how I end up finding it. And even Steve, when I talked with him, like when we went back to talk with him, that's even one thing he brought up. He even asked me, he was like, I'm going to ask you guys why did you all bring this car to my shop? And I told him, and like, he he kind of, I think he even rephrased it. He's like, hold on, let me rephrase. Like, how did you all find my shop? And I told him, I said, I looked up pre-purse inspections online. I saw you had incredibly high reviews and I decided to go with you because you seem to be trustworthy. And th- that's kind of where he was coming with too, where he was, because he even mentioned some things like, I'm not going to do this to a car. It's unethical. It's wrong. You know, things like that. So um, it's definitely going to be one of those things, I, I think, We'll even be giving him our business as well, too, outside of pre-purchase inspections. But so far, car has handled like a champ, even with all the commuting and stuff. And you can't really kill Hondas sometimes, (laughs) like especially Civics. Like those things just last and last. But my God, 
my god i think we're good on that so no more car stuff at least for a while but oh man one other thing i wanted to talk about i kind of want to talk about some of the uh some of the nostalgic movies that i've been seeing so there's been i've been watching a decent amount of movies lately and uh one thing i just want to say straight up here I, i guess this is outside of the realm of the direct topic I was going to talk about, but uh, hey, if you can, if you've never watched it or even, okay, I'm just going to say this as a call to action, as a call to action to people, right? If you're listening to this podcast, 2019 this year, watch Blade Runner. Please watch Blade Runner. The reason why I say that is because Blade Runner takes place in 2019. So this is the best year that you could watch Blade Runner, either rewatching it or watching it for the first time. And for anybody with my experience, for, for anybody who you haven't seen it or you just might want to know which version to watch, because I've known more about the Blade Runner different cuts as opposed to the film itself. If you need a recommendation, watch the final cut. It released in 2007. It is it had Ridley Scott, the director, he had complete creative control over it. Um, that's been kind of a, a sticking point uh, because the director's cut, which most people would kind of flock to, Ridley Scott didn't have complete control over it, but he had complete control over the final cut. And that is like the definitive, and in my opinion, from from the versions I've seen, it is the best version that you can watch. It is absolutely the best version. It is an absolute treat. That's what I can recommend. I guess the big difference is really like, the theatrical cuts of it. Harrison Ford, not only he really provides really bad, in my opinion, really bad commentary on the film, but it just holds your hand. Like Blade Runner, I've told several people, it's one of those films, it's studied and such. Like, you know, it's looked at in class of like, oh, well, you see, when this happens right here in this scene with the way that this can be looked at and because of this and this character doing this and this character is holding this thing right here, this is what the scene means. And nothing is told of it. Everything is conveyed through the image. As opposed to that, in the theatrical cut, you have Harrison Ford's bored ass sounding like, I couldn't believe this robot knew how it was to experience love. Like, that's not the exact line, but you just have that over it. And it is, even for anybody who's not a film buff, if you just watch the, like, maybe watch a theatrical theatrical cut at one point so you could appreciate how bad the studio ended up messing it up when it released in 1982. But it's a... It's one of those things, even if you're not really into editing, you're not a big film buff, you could just watch it and you hear Harrison Ford come in. You're like, this doesn't sound natural. This doesn't sound like it flows with the film at all. So, yeah, that's what I can recommend. My call to action for you all, watch Blade Runner this year. Please, it's it's August right now when this is coming out. You got another four months to watch it this year. And if you're confused on which version to watch, watch the final cut. But... I decided to end up re-watching it, and it was just, I'd actually, I hadn't seen the final cut before, so I got to check it out, because I had seen, like, other versions of it. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, Girlfriend had never seen it before, so we ended up watching that, and now I need to see the other films. And if I can, man, I'm kind of slapping myself for not watching the sequel in theaters. But if I ever, I promise you, if nearby, if I ever have another opportunity to see any of the Blade Runner films in theaters, I definitely will. I think it would be extremely fitting if I would be able to watch the first Blade Runner this year again because it takes place in 2019. But it's it's kind of one of those films where, man, I, I could just start going off about this. I'm going to have to wind down because I want to talk about the other films here. But in it's one of those films where 
it's genius. Excellent film. I can't speak on the sequel, but the first one, absolutely excellent film. Really, in my opinion, quite ahead of its time. The aesthetics of it are absolutely astounding. Just so many great things about it. But it just didn't click with the mainstream audiences when it came out, so it wasn't really a commercially successful film. But it has a crazy cult following. And because of that crazy cult following, they ended up making a sequel, which released in 2017. And I think everyone, everyone thought, oh, hey, because Blade Runner has amassed such a cult following after uh, over several decades, this film is going to do super well in theaters. No. It did lukewarm performance in theaters. So it actually came and went in theaters faster than it should have. And I was one of the people, man. I was one of those people. I was part of the prom. My thing was... I was making up excuses for scheduling, but also I remember, God damn it, David, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. One of my friends, I was visiting my friend David, and he's like, hey, I kind of want to see Blade Runner. You want to go? And I was like, uh, nah, it's been a while since I've seen the first one. I kind of want to spend some time watching the first one again before I see the second one. God damn it, I should have just seen it. So I could say that I had the experience of watching it in theaters, because I don't know if the second one's going to come in theaters again. We'll see. Um, but that first one, please, please do it. Please. This is the year. This is the year you can bring it back into theaters, even just on a, on a limited scale. But mind you, I, I need to see more Blade Runner. <laughs> so the other old new movies I was going to talk about, which I've seen two of here, which I was going to talk about, but this makes me so happy. This is just tapping into the nostalgia for, you know, anybody who's grown up in the 90s and such. But the first one, Rocco's Modern Life. This ended up getting released on Netflix. And I wouldn't even say it's really like, I guess it is a film, but it's like 45 minutes. So it's just like a really, really long episode of Rocco's as opposed to like a full length feature film. But I believe with Rocco's Modern Life, I end up seeing this now. I enjoyed it when I was a kid, but I wasn't super crazy about it. And unfortunately, that's kind of, I, I think that's still kind of the same thing for me. Like, I enjoyed watching this film, but I was more like, eh, you know, I enjoy it. It's good, but I'm not crazy about it by any means. Really, my same feelings of when I watched this show growing up. I thought it was funny, mind you, and I thought it was super well done. Just like a perfect update to, you know, just like a 20-year update on this. And really, the long and short of it is... I guess near the end of Rocker's, well, the way Rocco's Modern Life ended up ending was this film, like, not not the film, but, like, the show it ended with the characters blasting off into space. And this film comes out 20 years after the show ended, and it is now 20 years later, they crash back down to Earth in O-Town. And for anyone that doesn't know, Rocco's Modern Life is one of those kids' shows that was not for kids. There were so many sexual innuendos. So, so so much of it wasn't even implied, all right? And just a lot of inappropriate stuff in there, but that's just what made early 90s Nick so great. And I end up watching both films I'm talking about here. I end up watching twice, but the first one, Rocco's Modern Life, I end up seeing twice. And again, it was absolutely enjoyable, and I really liked watching this, but um, absolutely perfect if you grew up with this show and you were really into it. It just it did it all it did it extreme justice, is what I feel like. But that's about all I can really say on it. It seemed to have, like, all the characters that you would expect in there. It seemed to really just tap into that nostalgia. But I'm sure even people could hear, even from the way I'm describing it, I watch it here and there. 
but I really wasn't a loyal watcher of it. Now, something else, the other film I'm more excited to talk about that I was more into is Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus. Now, I've loved the Invader Zim series. I remember looking forward to watching this on Nickelodeon, like when I was growing up. And this is one of those shows where when it ended, it kind of just ended, and that was it. And I didn't really understand it more until I did research later on, like when I was, you know, growing up and such, and I decided to look more into it. And apparently, it's just this show was... It was too dark for its demographic, like it was aimed at, you know, young kids technically or even kind of like preteens, but it was a lot darker than all the other Nickelodeon shows. It was very loud as well, too. Like, that that's one thing I could say. It's, it's an extremely loud show, which some people might like that, some people might not, but that's also why you see... Even back in the day when it was popular, you would see so many middle schoolers, high schoolers, and even, like, college-age students were enjoying this show. Um, it wasn't nearly as inappropriate as anything like Rocco's Modern Life, uh, but it just had a following of all ages, all races and such, but it just wasn't enough to really give it that push. I, I guess the best thing I could say, just plain and simple, it wasn't going to do Spongebob numbers, alright? Spongebob has just done completely crazy numbers for Nickelodeon, and it seems like every single time Nickelodeon has another cartoon show, even like back in the day, I don't know about now, but back in the day, um, they wanted every show to kind of be that next Spongebob, that's what they were banking on, but nothing can really beat Spongebob, I guess, in terms of the longevity and such, and even so, I know there's people who complain about current day Spongebob, but, yeah, mind you, it is what it is. So, what happened was Invader Zim ended up getting canceled off earlier than it should have been, and because of that, they had to be very selective with bringing in certain, uh, creating certain, um, creating certain scenes, creating certain episodes, doing a few things here and there, like Mini Moose, for example. He was just, like, if you watch a show chronologically, he was just dropped in, and that was it. He didn't have a proper introduction. And from what I know, I haven't read the comics, but from what I know, the story has continued in the comics, and Enter the Florpus has been um, kind of a continuation, and from what I've gathered, it has stuff that is in the comics, and it has stuff that is not in the comics. So, even if you've been a loyal comic reader, there should hopefully be some new stuff in there. But, oh my god, the first time I watched this, I was just, I was dying laughing. I loved every bit of it. And again, maybe the only thing, and it's not even really a complaint, it's just kind of me stating this. I could tell my girlfriend wasn't into it, because I, I had her watch it with me the first time, and she really wasn't that into it. She really didn't watch Invader Zim when she was growing up. And on top of that, it's like, I understand, as an adult trying to watch a show, it's very loud, very random. So I feel like if that's either not your sense of humor, or if you didn't grow up with this, you're really not going to be enjoying it. But again, it is what it is. If you didn't like Invader Zim back in the day, this film is not going to help you like Invader Sim. But if you wanted more, oh my goodness, this is perfect. Maybe the only complaint I could think of is I did check out Critical's review of it, and he said that um, Gaz, that was it. He said that Gaz doesn't really look like herself. She more looks like a Tumblr fan art version of Gaz, which has been put into the film. And I can agree, because I think the most unsettling thing, I was like, within the first 10 or 15 minutes of this show, I have seen more of Gaz's eyes than I ever saw of her eyes 
in the entire original Invader Zim run. And I I guess it's, even with all this, I, I guess I'd have to kind of double check it here. But I believe I'd spoken with Donald or D Green about this before. We didn't speak on it on the show. We spoke about it offline. And when we talked about this, I want to say that Rocco's Modern Life, I believe he had told me that it was actually done. Like, the film has been done for a while. But Nickelodeon just kind of shelved it because they said it wasn't really the right time to release it. And then Enter the Florpus, I don't think that was the case. It looks like they did actively develop it the past, like, year or two. Because it was still, like, in working development even, like, last year when the cast ended up doing a whole big panel about it at, I want to say it was Comic-Con. But Into the Florpus was absolutely fantastic. It might be my favorite new film that I've watched this year. And that just absolutely tapped into my nostalgia core i loved it and if you if you are a invader zim fan you have to watch this both of them are on netflix they seem to be going through that netflix exclusive route will physical versions come out hopefully so but either way i mean it was just really awesome to see this finally come to fruition see you know i I guess would it be more of a closure on it I don't know, because that was actually one thing, I I went back, I did some more research on this, and I even listened to, you know, the panel that the, that Invader, the Invader Zim development team worked on in 2018, and it was funny, because one person asked, they're like, is this going to be like in a definitive ending to Invader Zim, or is it kind of just gonna, what is it, and the creator of it, Johan, he was like, well, I don't know what you're really talking about, because if you remember, like, Invader Zim never really ended properly. Like, at the end of some episodes, like, this person would be dead, or, like, everyone would be dead. Um, so I guess to answer your question, like, yes, it's gonna have an Invader Zim ending. (laughs) So, I guess that's the best I can, I can recommend on there. I've had, everything just seemed to be on point with it. I think the only oddity with it was, again, I was not used to seeing Gaz's eyes so often, but it seemed to do the job perfectly well. It was updated pretty well. You see a lot more Professor Membrane. It's actually shocking because I guess apparently since Zim has left, which was demonstrated at the end of the show, Professor Membrane must have gotten a lot more time with his kids because his kids seem to be okay with their dad at home and giving them dinner and all that stuff. So there's been a few character changes there. Um, They end up talking about, like, not Apple keynotes, but they, they do spoof Apple keynotes. And that's what I liked about these. They Both of these movies, they felt like continuations of the original material while being while being loyal to it. And at the same time, also updating it to 2019 standard. And I absolutely loved that. <laughs> the The other movie I want to talk about here, which I don't really have much to say on this, unfortunately, because I haven't watched it. I have it. I just have not watched it, but I really need to, is, and I think I've mentioned it several times. I know I mentioned it with um, It's Lupo when he was a guest on here, but like the Hey Arnold, I think it's called Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. I'm really happy that came out, and from from what I talked with when I talked with again D Green on this D Green about this before, he kind of said he's like, eh, it's okay, and I said, dude, I don't care if it's okay. I want to watch this because even the lineage with that. At one point, like several years ago, I ended up rewatching all of Hey Arnold, and I absolutely loved it. Like 
man, that show has some feels trips to it a few episodes. Like, it's like the, the episode where Mr. Wynn sees his daughter again. Oh my god, that was a whole feels trip. It's probably my favorite episode out of the series. And then, of course, you know, kind of just Arnold kind of coming to terms with the back and forth of, yeah, I mean, I live with my grandparents and that's cool, but where the hell are my parents? Like, what's going on? So, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, the series came and went, and they did Hey Arnold the movie, and that kind of ended the series. And then there was supposed to be a sequel, which was supposed to actually end the series called Hey Arnold the Jungle Movie, and it's, you know, Arnold and his friends all go into the jungle to find Arnold's parents, and apparently that is where you're supposed to end up seeing him reunited with his parents. I don't know, because I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not spoiling anything here, I'm just speculating. I do need to watch it, I really do need to see it. But the thing that made me so happy about that movie coming out, and it came out in 2018, but it made me so happy to see it release, is because apparently the movie was planned, and it was written, and everything was good to go, and all that voice actors were on board, and for whatever reason, Nickelodeon, just back in the day, in like the early thousands, they said, nope, nope, we're not doing it, um, sorry, we know it's in development, but it's not coming out. So it just, it, it, it makes me so happy that 15 years later, it ended up coming to fruition, and it was developed, and it came out. I think Nickelodeon's hopefully doing some good stuff to anybody who, you know, grew up with their, um, who grew up with their properties. Aside from Spongebob, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I really, I've seen some of the new episodes, not crazy about them, but, eh, what can you do? They're, they're just still milking that, thankfully, because, like, <laughs> I guess I've also had to kind of have this devil's advocate talk to with some people where some people might hate on uh, the newer Spongebob episodes. I'm like, yeah, they're not good, but you're not the audience. Like, you're like a 20-something-year-old given a critical commentary on this. You're not the audience. The audience is the new. Like, you know how you grew up with the show when you were 8, 9, 10 years old? There's a lot of 8, 9, 10-year-olds who are growing up with these new episodes, and they seem to like them just fine. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I've been enjoying whatever's going on there with, like, bringing stuff back that's been shelved or that should have happened. I am all for that, and I want to see that trend continue. And I guess this episode has gone on longer than I expected, but the last thing I want to talk about here was the games that I'm playing, which I normally talk about and such. But some of the games I'm playing, first of all, I'm still stuck on this game, man, The House in Fata Morgana, and it's even to the point where... Literally last night, I'm in bed, I'm playing this game, my girlfriend just kind of looks over like, are you still playing that? And I said, yeah, because development, all right, development on this. I have beat the main game, but the one on Vita that came came out, there's there's two games, right? There's the main one, The House in Fata Morgana, and then there's another one, and I don't remember what it's called, but there's a second one that came out that serves as a prequel, and that one's built into the Vita version. So now I'm technically playing through the second game, which is shorter and a prequel. And then on top of that, there's a bunch of other like little short stories and all that stuff that I have yet to play through. So I guess the answer that, that I could give is yes with a question mark at the end. Um, but so far, I, I played through the main one. Absolutely loved it. And I'm just going to go through and beat the rest of it now because... I'm trying to get, admittedly, I'm trying to get the platinum trophy on it, all right? If I was only wanting to get the trophy, I actually looked up a trophy guide. I can just speed through it within an hour, but I don't want to do that. I want to get the actual story for it. So the only one I had to work with is in the main game, there's eight different endings. Technically, there's more, but there's there's eight endings that you can unlock. And that was the only trophy I had to work for. Was uh, So I technically started a new playthrough, and I just went through and got every trophy as I could, 
And that one, I was just skipping through, you know, a lot of the stuff. And it took me some time to get through it. it. I was able to get it within a few hours. But mind you, that's the only one I worked with. So now at this point, as long as I just read all the chapters that unlock and play through them, I'll be able to get the, tro the, the, the platinum. So that's what I'm trying to aim for here. So I'm trying to beat this game 100%. But aside from that... Still playing that right now. Some other games that I've gotten to play with a little bit and delve into was uh, Horizon Chase Turbo. I finally, finally got to play this properly. Not because it came out on the PS4, like PlayStation Plus, but because I got a physical version of it on Switch because I've been waiting. And this is a weird one, all right? Not the game. The game is fantastic. It's so fun. It is It is just like, like an updated old school outrun style game. It is so fun. I can't recommend it enough. But the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, Horizon Chase Turbo, it launched on the Switch digitally, and I think it came out on PC, but it came out, point is, on the Switch digitally. Did super well. And then they ended up releasing, like, press packs of it. So for people to review it, they sent out, like, a big box, and they sent a bunch of stuff, and they even sent a physical copy of the game without a cartridge. It's kind of like what... Sega did with Sonic Mania, if anyone remembers that. Like, they release it digitally, and then they released a physical copy of it, like a physical collector's edition that came with the download code for it. And then they ended up releasing, like, a full case for it with cover art, and they even released a manual for it. And they released everything for this game, but a physical cartridge or a physical disc, depending on what platform you're on. And it was like that until... Uh, what was it, Sonic Mania Plus came out. Now, granted, I did double dip. I bought the Collector's Edition because it was so cool. I bought the Collector's Edition, I played the hell out of it digitally, and then when the physical one came out, I bought it because I wanted to support that. But the same thing was happening here with Horizon Chase Turbo. And I said, I see, a f I literally see a physical version. Everything is there. They're teasing us. Everything is there except for the cartridge. As soon as it's available, even if it's like a limited run or an I am 8-bit limited run or like, you know, special reserve game edition of some kind, I will pick it up. And they did, and it was totally worth the wait. It is it is fantastic. It's so fun to play through. I also got to dabble a little bit with uh, Red Faction Gorilla, the remastered edition. I did not say that properly. It's remastered because it takes place on Mars. Get it? Uh, I got to dabble around a little bit with that. I'm playing it on Switch. It's fantastic so far. I've only played through it one time. I played through it on the 360 before, and it was quite enjoyable. It was pretty much Grand Theft Auto in space with more destructive abilities. It's the best way I can describe it. So, three games I'm playing. Am I still going to be playing House and Fatal Morgana next month? Probably, alright? I'm kind of a slow reader, and also it doesn't help when sometimes the only time I play this game is before I go to bed, and I get about ten minutes in before I fall asleep. Because that's like my kryptonite for bed, right? It's just like... Man, reading before bed is just way too relaxing for me. But anyways, that's that's about it I have for this month's episode. So, I do have a call to action for you all. Again, it is, uh, it, please, this year, you, you got this year to do it. Spend two hours of your time. Watch Blade Runner. If you don't know about which version to watch, watch the final cut of it. I want to know what your thoughts are on it as well, too, but I hope... Maybe we can get some more Blade Runner watchers out of this. And since you made it to the end of this podcast, if you're listening, please comment this on the YouTube video. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, please leave this term in the comments. And if you do, I will know that you made it to the end of this video or this episode. But the term I want you to use is Blade Runner. 
What do you think of Blade Runner? What is your favorite version of Blade Runner? Have you ever seen Blade Runner? Did you like the sequel? Did you dislike it? As long as you use the term Blade Runner, either, I guess it's technically two words, which is why I'm saying term, but if you use Blade Runner in your comment, I will know you made it to the very end of this episode of Mario's Minute. Anyways, thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. I very much appreciate it, and until next time, I will uh, talk with you all next month.